The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. This can be a pretty challenging statement from Holy Scripture. We want the Lord to fulfill the promises that we have in our worldly hearts. We want Him to take away all pain and suffering. We want Him to make the world a place of peace. We want Him to make us comfortable. We all desire comfort, simple way of it. We desire pleasure. Those aren't necessarily bad things. But the Lord does not give it the way that the world does. And if our hearts are longing for worldly gifts, or if we're longing for the way that the world satisfies those desires, we're looking for ways in which the Lord will not satisfy them. And so indeed, we have to follow Christ himself. And he's the one who promised that those who follow him would know rejection. The world will hate you because it first hated me. If you proclaim my name, they're not going to accept you because you're not of the world. And the world does not accept those who are not of it. Those were the promises of Christ. Because he does not give like the world gives. And so often it's this difficulty of how we live our lives as Christians in the world but not part of the world that leads sometimes to the most frustrated Christians. I do believe in Christ and I want to follow him, but can't I also enjoy the things of this world? Well, yes and no. In order to enjoy the good things of this world, we actually have to know Christ. We have to know what he teaches, because he teaches us all the virtues necessary so that the things of the world don't take over our hearts, so that our hearts are only his, God or nothing. There's really no in-between. We can't have some of God and some of the world. It's God or nothing. So in order to know God, that's the only way that we'll know peace. And I always forget which direction it is. I think it's between here and Topeka. There's that, so I think it's the side of a shed that says, N-O God, N-O peace. And then K-N-O-W God, K-N-O-W peace. We have to know God in order to know the peace that the Lord gives. But so often, we want to know God according to our own terms. I only want to know as much as leaves me comfortable. But I don't want to know everything, because he might require me to change my life. 
So I think it's good for us this day to understand how can we know God as he is in himself, as he's revealed himself, so that we can know true peace. So here's a question. You don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to say anything out loud. What are the three sources of divine revelation as taught by the Catholic Church? This is the first lesson we teach in RCIA. The three sources, or sometimes it's taught as a, the three legs of a stool so that you can sit upon that stool of divine revelation and gaze upon God himself. Scripture, tradition, and the magisterium. All three are required to fully understand how God has revealed himself. The magisterium is the Pope and all the bishops in union with the Pope, guided by the Holy Spirit. Scripture, tradition, the magisterium. Everything that the Catholic Church teaches, from being against contraception and abortion and same-sex unions and suicide and all the rest, and being for marriage between a man and a woman, the real presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, the sacramental system, forgiveness of sins, mercy and love, everything that the church teaches is not based upon the mere whim of some guys sitting up in the Vatican who are like, well, maybe this would be a good idea to believe today. No, it's founded upon scripture, tradition, and the magisterium. This three-legged stool is what we must sit on so that we can truly contemplate the good, the true, and the beautiful. So let's see what it's like if you cut off one of those legs. If we take off one of those legs of the three-legged stool, it's very hard to sit on a stool like that. You have to have perfect balance. If you fall off the stool of divine revelation, you're no longer looking at God, you're most likely looking at yourself. So let's say you take away the magisterium, the church. This is pretty much all Protestants. They reject the Pope, they reject any authority whatsoever. It's just about me and my relationship with Jesus. This is those, these are those who say that they're spiritual and not religious. They cut off the magisterial leg of this three-legged stool. We do not want some group of stodgy old men telling us how we can know and love God. We can figure it out for ourselves. We don't need the magisterium. Well, the really hard part about that is in Scripture, it says the opposite. In Matthew 16, our Lord Jesus Christ said to Peter, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. He didn't say, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build a personal relationship with me. He didn't say, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build a small group of people who kind of do the things that they want to do, and they can love me and serve other people. No. I will build my church. I will build an organization. I will set upon that organization men whom I will ordain. Bishops. Those are the first apostles. The pastors, the shepherds, the overseers, the ones who were to be guided by the Holy Spirit. What went along with that, though, is our Lord Jesus Christ then said, and the gates of the netherworld shall never prevail against it. He didn't say against you, Peter, or against you, my apostles. He said against it, the church. So if we separate ourselves out of the church and we get rid of the magisterium and we cut ourselves off from the pope and the bishops, we actually cut ourselves off of the promise of freedom from evil. I don't think we want to be there. So our Lord Jesus Christ himself in Scripture founded a church guided by men who are to be docile to the Holy Spirit. We saw that happening in our first reading. That was an act of the magisterium, the Council of Jerusalem. So let's say that if we accept that, let's say that we just want to believe in Scripture alone. 
And we just want to take the divine and revealed word, only the Bible. So we cut off the other two legs. I don't know how well you can sit on a one-legged stool, but I know I'm not good at that. So tradition and magisterium must be left, left aside. Well, in Scripture itself, in the second letter of Peter, Scripture tells us that there's no part of Scripture that is a matter of personal interpretation. This is where, if you don't have a magisterium guided by the Holy Spirit, you get 40,000 different Christian denominations or more, because each person who determines or interprets Scripture sets up their own church. Well, I don't believe exactly that, and you don't believe exactly what I believe, so let's set up our own churches. Yet the one church that has remained the one church, that has remained united as our Lord Jesus Christ prayed in the end of the Gospel of John, that they might be one, is the Catholic Church. Yes, indeed, our doctrines have developed, but they've never truly changed. They've never completely made a 180. We teach something opposite to what the apostles teach. There's a growth and development in what we teach, and sometimes certain people get it wrong, but as a church, we've never varied from the truth. That should give us hope. Also, if those who want to believe in Scripture alone, we can ask the question of where did the Bible come from? It didn't drop out of the sky in a meteorite, and like all of a sudden, here's the book of Scriptures, believe this. It's a collection of writings that had to be understood and interpreted according to the Holy Spirit. It was in the second or third century that the bishops got together in the Catholic faith and determined what books would be in the Bible, guided by the Holy Spirit. The Bible itself is an act of the magisterium of the church. You can't get one without the other. So again, we trust in the Holy Spirit. And finally, tradition. The greatest way that you see tradition acted out in your lives is what we're doing right now. You can read all of Scripture, you can look through magisterial documents, but nothing says exactly how to say the Mass. That was handed on to us from the Apostles. None of the prayers really, some of them are, but many of them in the Eucharistic prayer are not handed on to us in sacred Scripture. They're handed on to us from the Apostles, from the magisterial teachings. Some of the parts of the Eucharistic prayer, one, the Roman canon, were handed down to us from Peter himself. That's the long-standing tradition that we have as Catholics. We should rejoice in this gift. It sets us apart from all other Christians. It gives us the firm foundation to trust in the teachings of Christ. Because then when we know Him for who He is, as He's revealed Himself through Scripture, tradition, and the magisterium, then you can truly know peace. Then you can truly know the love of God. So maybe you didn't know that before. Maybe you have more questions about the Bible, why we have more books than Protestants. Maybe you have questions about Peter and infallibility and the rest. Well, I'm not going to give you all the answers, because I want you to find them yourselves. They're on forum.org. They're in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the summary of all three sources of divine revelation. We need to become Catholics who are prepared to defend the faith, because if we watch the news, we know that the defense is going to be needed. Do you know what it makes us Catholic? Do you know the sources of divine revelation? Do you know what empowers you to sit upon the stool of divine revelation and to gaze upon the face of mercy itself? We must know these things as Catholics, because then and only then can we know peace, not as the world gives, but as God alone can give it to us.